Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. We're here with our friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We also have our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Guys, this is a rare one because Max, you're, you're checking in from LA. It's you, You're never on the road anymore. I feel like we used to do pods in the past where it was like, oh, Max is calling in from this place or that place. But due to the pandemic, people just aren't really traveling that much. Things are getting better. Things are loosening up. You are, in fact, in Los Angeles. How's it going? Is it nice there? Is the weather good? Not going to lie, guys. It's pretty awesome. It's great to be here. <laughs> well, today's a nice day in Canada, too, in Hamilton. It's really nice. <laughs> is it? It is pretty is it, good. Shane? It's good weather right now. Yeah, it was like, you know, 26 degrees. Um, I went for a run yesterday in Pasadena. It was just like very beautiful. But um, yeah, we can get into that in a second. But uh, Mike, when is your actual birthday? Because there, there's a lot of rumors swirling about the day of your birthday. I don't know. But I know it's around now. When is it? I, I am born uh, on October 9th. Uh, so I actually share a birthday with uh, John Lennon and consequently his son, Sean Lennon, because oh. John and his son, Sean, both share a, a birthday. And and then I came along many years later and I also share that that day. When you found that out, were you like as a kid, were you like, this is meant to be? I am connected to John Lennon because I definitely did that with Bo Jackson. I'm like me and Bo Jackson. <laughs> we have the same birthday. We are we are one. That's like me and Jason Biggs. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought often about whether I can't remember if I loved the Beatles before I learned that I had the same birthday as John Lennon or if that triggered like my sort of my fandom. But I imagine it had to be something along the lines of I was really into the Beatles as a kid and then sort of at some point I discovered his birthday and I probably felt like it was. I don't know, serendipitous or it made sense that I was connected to the Beatles somehow. I guess I can't remember back that far because I can't remember a time when the Beatles weren't sort of playing in my ears in my life. Yeah, I remember finding out that um, when I was a kid because my first name is Robert. And then my mm. mom told me that Roberto Alomar is also named Robert. I'm like, good, but it's just like <laughs> the Spanish version of it. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this makes so much sense. He's my favorite baseball player. Um, yeah. Who who are the other celebs on your on your respective birthdays? Shane, do you know who else besides for Jason Biggs? I believe Woody Allen. Um, <laughs> you can mention Roberto Alomar. I can mention Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, who else? Anybody else? Oh yeah, of course. The biggest ever, and the thing that is so serendipitous to me is Nathan Fielder. Oh, same birthday, same age. I'm still trying to find out if it was the same hospital. But because uh, I know he uh, he's Canadian <laughs> and there's a connection too. we both had our TV debut on the J.R. Dig show. That's right. That is correct. Man, yeah. that's um, wild. Mike, anybody else besides for John and Sean? I stopped looking after I saw John Lennon. I saw John Lennon. I was like, I don't need to know anymore. I don't know who else is this day. And that's your favorite Beatle. He is. He is my favorite Beatle. See, now there's the question. Is, is John my favorite Beatle because of the birthday or was I just drawn to sort of his more sort of rebellious spirit as a child? Like when I was younger, I kind of liked that John was a little bit more edgy and rebellious, whereas Paul seemed like a people pleaser. But I found as I've gotten older, I've, I'm actually more of a Paul. Uh, so younger Mike mm. would be a little disappointed that I went from maybe being a John in my teens to becoming much more of a Paul as an adult. Are you a Paul or a John, Max? Ooh, I'd probably be more of a Paul. He's a little bit more of a gregarious, like, tryhard. John was a little more anti-establishment and, like, pissed off and angry, uh, I'd say. So I don't think I, – I love John. I mean, I think John has, like, the best singing voice of all time. Like, I, you know, he's the best. But uh, Paul's amazing too. 
Um, so Mike, you're really stretching out y- your birthday. You're like sort of like a teenage girl or something. <laughs> so my birthday month, like you did a birthday party last weekend, which I want to hear about, which I wasn't able to attend. You're also doing something this weekend, maybe. What's the story? How was last week? <laughs> Max, I feel it? like you're trying to kind of play like a shell game and distract from the fact that you missed <laughs> Mike's big birthday party. This was a huge 40th birthday party. And there's kind of this air of, I don't know, there's a, there's a party every weekend. Am I really missing anything important? <laughs> I, I hear you got one coming up this way. I, I don't even know. You tell me, was there a party? I might have seen a photo. Max, you know full well what you're doing and you missed a very big party. Explain yourself. But there's going to be a... Okay, well, I will. We did um, play in Timmins the night before. But again, <laughs> that probably doesn't excuse because Mike D in our band, he showed up, right? He was at, he was mm, at the birthday yeah. party? I also I also received one of the loveliest texts I've ever received in my life from Nick Dyka, who plays bass in your band. Oh, apologizing for not making it? It was beautiful. He went through the entirety of our friendship. He talked about hanging out in Thunder Bay a decade ago, wow. uh, how important our talks in, in my backyard. Like He basically was so genuine and authentic and sweet the way that we know Nick to be. Uh, Mike D found he got off a plane uh, from from Timmins and he made his way right to, to this this massive uh, thing a thing that I didn't know was happening by the way which we'll get into uh, and then and then and yeah old Maxi boy just absent on the uh, on the old attendance well, card. Well, listen, October 9th is your real birthday. I only celebrate it <laughs> on that day. You know that about me. I don't do fake birthdays. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would have come, but um, I had to fly to the City of Angels the, the next day. So the, mm. the, getting around to Long Point down the road was, was a lot of hustle and bustle, which, mm. I, which I didn't have it in me. But that only means... You know, the waiting is the best part. You don't know what I'm going to do on this weekend, on the big birthday weekend. You don't mm. know, Mikey. It's going to be mm. huge. So, Mike, I didn't yes. really, I, I wasn't, maybe, maybe it was, uh, I was distracted or something, but I didn't realize all the planning that went into uh, your, this, it was a surprise. Was it a surprise? Yeah, 100, I didn't even 100% know it was a surprise. surprise. Thank God you oh, didn't ruin it. Thank God I didn't ruin it. You, um, do you want to know something funny, actually? Um, yeah. We got this gig offer in, in Timmins. And keep in mind, we've played about, you know, one show a year for the last two years. Like, we haven't played any <laughs> yeah. shows. So, we're very excited to, like, get any opportunity to play. And the gig offer comes in. And Ash is like, good news, guys. We've got a gig. It's going to be fun. Da, da, da. It's all happening. Mike D just responds, sorry, it's it's Mike Veerman's 40th surprise birthday. I don't think I can come. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good I was like, uh, yeah. I love that. Mike I was D. like, Mike, what are we talking about? We need it. We need to work. We need to play. Mike won't. Mike Beerman won't care. And then I think about five minutes later, he kind of realized he's like, oh, yeah, I guess this is my job. And we haven't really worked in two years. So I should probably do that. But uh, he did show up on the Saturday. But anyway, Mike, guide us through, um, you know, what happened on the weekend. So yeah, for, for, for our listeners, I I I am in 1981. I, I turned 40 this year on the 9th. Uh, and because my birthday falls on a Saturday this year, I, I so here's the thing. I you guys know, like we've talked about on this podcast, I'm not like a birthday guy. I don't really care. I don't celebrate my birthday, but I found myself weirdly. I don't know if it was the p- pandemic and we've all been sort of inside, or if even before the pandemic, I kind of like the idea of us all doing something big. But I guess I just kind of like, and this is why Danica's the best. I did. I before I even said it, I think she could sense that I was kind of like, I never do anything for my birthday, and this is a big one, and I don't really know what it means, or I don't know how I feel about it, or if I'm having some you know, existential thing about turning 40. I don't know, but I kind of want to do something. So she's like, 
don't worry. I got, and by the way, I don't even really bring this up until like three weeks ago or something. I'm like, I think I kind of want to do something, which also shows that I don't realize how long it takes to plan one of these fucking things where I'm just like, I think I kind of want to do something. She's like, you think I wouldn't, like, I don't have something planned. She's like, don't worry about it. Just something's going to happen. So make sure you have the ninth, like set aside. Your birthday's on a Saturday. I'm like, great. So then me, I'm, I, I park it. I don't think about it again. I assume I'm going to walk into like a bar, like academia or something, or possibly odds in like Hamilton. And all my friends will be there. That's what I think is going to happen. I think that it's going to be, I'm going to walk into a bar and all my friends will be in Hamilton. Don't think about it again. Uh, this past weekend, um, Danica's, uh, like we'd been planning to go glamping at this, like sort of like glamp campgrounds just outside of Hamilton, uh, because Danica and Winona and I had done it last year and it was really fun. It's like a cool thing you can actually do in the pandemic where it feels, you know, safe and all that stuff. So cuts all this time later and her family had been talking about like my in-laws, so that weekend, like the weekend that just passed, she's like, hey, we're going glamping with the family. I'm like, great. I put it in the schedule. I don't think anything of it. I'm tr- I'm actually trying to get drinks going on the Wednesday because I know I'm spending all weekend like sort of doing family stuff. So I'm like <laughs> reaching out to the the wobbly moon boys, the champagne boys. I'm like, hey, who wants to like party? And like, I kind of, it's kind of cold. The group's kind of like, no one's jumping. in. I'm like, fuck these guys. I'm like, I'm not. And then Julian's like, <laughs> uh, maybe I could do something Friday. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going away with my family on Friday. I can't do anything. <laughs> and I know that I'm probably not going to see him until the following week, but it's my birthday. So I'm 100% in this head. head mo- actually, the one guy that said he could do something was Felix, which actually course, did track. Felix. That made yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but so I don't think anything of it. Uh, end up just having like a chill week. Uh, Friday, Danica's kind of like, we got to get up. Come on. Like, let's, we got to get up there. Like my family's up there. I'm like, sweet. I'm not thinking anything. of. It. We're trying to get a pod out actually. And so like, I'm, I'm mm. writing a description to send to Ash and Erica and I'm like, Erica's like, oh, I kind of need it before she had to go do work thing. So I'm like, I'm going up, I'm going on vacation with my family up like to a glamping thing. I'll, I'll write it on the road. So the minute we get in the car, I like start working on it. I shoot Shane a text. I'm like, hey, when you got, when the edit got to you in the pod, did you change anything significantly? Shane doesn't like respond at all for like, it's like 40 minutes goes by and I'm like, well, that's kind of weird that he's just like not saying anything. Maybe he changed something crazy. He doesn't want to tell me. So <laughs> we get to glamping and I'm holding, like I'm with Winona and I've got like a bag or whatever. And we're like the little rolly and we're going to the glamping area. And my niece comes running up, Willa. I'm like, Hey, what's up? I'm like, where's your, like, where's your dad and your mom? And she's like, Oh, they're like at the, they're, they're glamp. And then Papa and auntie court are back there. I'm like, cool. Literally have my head down, just walking. And I, I see like a sort of a child beside like the cabin where I think we're staying and my brain kind of does it there. I'm like, oh, okay, we're like next to kids. Again, this is all happening in like sm- sm- like split seconds. And I I see the kid and I think I read it. And then my eyes kind of focus on the mom who's like kind of crouched down. And I'm like, is that Alex Lamparski? And so like my brain. Mom? Is that a hot mom over there? Looks like a pretty hot mom. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just recognized the face. Uh, and okay. Be honest. You can be honest on this podcast. No, okay, I, was, I was like, I was like, I was like, okay. I'm like, is that, is that Alex? And in my brain, I go, oh my God. I'm like, I expected to see like her, like Lorna and John, her parents. I'm like, holy crap. The Lamparskis are also glamping this weekend. <laughs> this is what my head was doing. And just as I was having that like half second thought, I get hit with it. Surprise. Literally, I look as I like sort of as I kind of come around the side of the cabin and there's like 35, whatever. There's just like a massive number of people and it all like hits me and I realize it and I I was completely shocked. Like Danica, Mm. one, sort of planned this whole, I guess she's been planning it since last Feb. Um, The perfect way to throw me off the scent was like, obviously, I think my birthday is going to happen like this weekend coming up. Yeah. Which it is, right, Max? Uh, You think Danica's (laughs) got a good surprise? You wait. (laughs) You wait. 
<laughs> so yeah, this, this was a very long way of leading up to the fact that it was a true surprise and I was trying to like process my emotions and then I was like, do I be performative here? And like, you know, we kept talking over the weekend, like that Jerry Maguire moment where he like kind of pretends to have like a fake kind of heart attack. Like, oh, you guys shocked me. But I was like, I can't really like do anything. And I've seen the videos. People were taking videos. And in my moment of like spotlight, everybody staring at me, I said, wowie zowie. I, I don't I, like that was the thing that came out of my mouth, which was neither cool or funny or anything. And then everyone just started like hugging me and Julian handed me a 40 of old English, which was very appropriate. Uh, ah, and it, yeah, it was just, it was wild. And, and I got very emotional. I looked back at Danica and it, it, it dawned on me sort of over the, the course of a few seconds, everything that was happening and what she had done. And I just got very emotional and it was, uh, it was beautiful. I do remember awesome. that uh, email that she sent out now that now that you mention it, that she like, like a long time ago. Yeah. She mentioned she's still waiting for an RSVP from you, whether you're coming <laughs> or not. There was just no, she was left on red. Yeah. I'm so honestly, I'm so happy that I didn't text you to say, Hey man, sorry, I can't make it this weekend. Like I'm because <laughs> that is something I totally would have done. I didn't, I did not know it was a surprise because Mike, uh, Nick and I were, were talking about, can you make the thing? I can't make the thing. Like, you know, uh, and I, Fucking, I, I, it would have been the kind of thing that I've been like, hey, sorry, would have loved to. It turns out, by the way, Ash in the text is reminding me um, that I did have my grandmother's 95th birthday on Saturday as well. So mm. you think your 40th birthday is special? Mm. Try 95. So, um, but what do you think? Um, Happy you birthday to your to, grandma, by the way. Thank you. Laurel, uh, Laurel Cridland. Uh, then That's Laurel impressive. Watson. Laurel Hibbert, yeah. yeah. Um, what, uh, did you come close to crying? Tell me about that. Yeah, my I was wearing sunglasses because we rolled in. It was like five, just after five, and because I was wearing sunglasses, I was I was actually very grateful because my eyes did start to water up. I didn't like mm. blubber or outwardly cry, but my eyes got like really wet as I became like emotional. But I was glad that my sunnies were on and and just you know you seeing all these people that you love and uh, yeah, it was, uh, you it know. Was and now crazy. I feel really bad because I'm usually of the mind that like you know heavenly moments can happen. On any night of the week, you know, it's like the night that you two guys came in Toronto and we got to catch up and it was like so fun. It's like, this is the, it doesn't get any better than this. This is heaven. So that's why I sort of didn't think too hard about not going to the party. But now that you're talking about it, I, I, sh- I wish I would have gone because I'm thinking about when I got surprised for my birthday a couple of years ago and how taken I was by it and how, how meaningful it was. So as much as we like our daily little bits of goodness, those those other moments that really sort of commemorate uh, a particular moment in time. Is very important. Well, I, so I, I, I was also, I was also, no, I don't feel bad at all. I also was saying to Danica that like, I think, so this like, you only get so many shots at like a, a special moment in your life that are sort of like you're expecting, like birthdays or a wedding or the birth of a child or whatever those things are. And I was saying to Danica, that the greatest gift she actually gave me this weekend was the gift of surprise. Like mm. I, I consider myself pretty good at like, figuring things out or putting it together, or I kind of expect, I anticipate things. And I was so thrown off and I was so caught off guard that it was actually a gift to give me like a true surprise. And I'm so happy that nobody blew it accidentally or, you know, just by not, whatever that was for me to be able to experience like a true sort of like moment like that. That was like, like aside from just the partying with the friends and we would have had that at a bar in Hamilton. Like we're always going to have a good time when we get our, our, you know, people together. But that, 
sort of like, I was just so happy it all played out for my own personal experience and also for her to have the culmination of all this planning actually pay off. And because how often does it work out like that? Usually it gets blown or somebody has an inkling or they mm-hmm. think, and I totally didn't know. I'm fascinated to know, Shaney, because you've been on mm-hmm. on this journey on the other side. I've been ignorant. I've been, I, it, you know, I haven't been unaware completely. What was it like on, on your end? Well, I was worried that because I, I consider you such a good actor. I was thinking Mike knows, but he's going to play it like he was surprised. Let everyone get that gratification. And then three weeks down the road, me and you are going to have some drinks and you're going to say, listen, I knew it was great. <laughs> Danica tried her best, but and I'm flattered and I th- had an amazing time and I thought it was great. But I knew. And for me. Mm-hmm. I was I was telling Greg, I was like, we have to throw Mike up the scent and we have to create a fake Facebook event that seems like we're throwing you oh. a 40th, but it can't be mm. too good where you're actually thinking it's great because we didn't want you to get excited about it, but it can't be so bad that it just feels fake and like we're making this plant. <laughs> and- And we were going back and forth whether the temperature felt like your 40th was being talked about or you were bringing it up and we were ignoring it. And then ultimately, Greg had to work that weekend and we decided not to make the group because we felt like it might have been more of a a red herring than had we not said anything. And it it felt enough removed. Yeah, it could have been a tell. Yes. And then I'm like talking a peak and we're like, will he know? Will he not know? And for me, if you were dressed really cool or you had your hair done or something, (laughs) to me, it was like Mike knows. But I saw you and it's not that you didn't look cool. You look fine. But you look like a guy like wearing just sweatpants and a hoodie or whatever who's not ready. (laughs) And the way you were acting was so authentic. It was very heartwarming because I don't think I've seen you surprised before, like genuinely surprised. Yeah. So it was cool to see. It was it was shocking. I mean. I think if you'd started Facebook, it would have thrown me, it it would have tipped me off because, because I knew Danica was talking to people to get people to like, like I said, I thought they're going to a bar on the Saturday. Um, But what I realized too, was all the guys on the Wednesday that went real cold in the wobbly moon boys group. It's because they were all terrified of blowing the surprise two days before. So one, they didn't want to hang out with me because they thought they'd get loose and, you know, slip. And then two, uh, they didn't want, they didn't like, it was just like real brief responses. And I just remember being like, oh, that's weird. But it all made sense once we all were together. And like you said, uh, my brother um, wasn't there uh, because he's working. My brother's doing this new sort of awesome, awesome gig uh, working with the Raptors. And it's pretty recent. So when this was planned, he does, he did have a cabin booked and then he wasn't able to make it. But uh, what was beautiful was then on the Saturday night, obviously I knew DZ was coming because he messaged me the next day. Uh, and then I walked to like over to like a campfire after like sitting in this other area where we were doing like a dinner type thing. And my brother was there and it was like, it was so beautiful to see uh, Greg uh, make it on out, Saturday. Uh, Cause he'd been in London uh, shooting mm. the Raptors scrimmage. And then he, he came and partied on Saturday night with us. So it was like actually fucking awesome to see Greg. Um, and also here's another thing that I just wanted to say before we sort of any other questions you have, Maxie is Danica did such an amazing job planning. My in-laws did such an amazing job organizing. But one of the challenges, I think, with like throwing a party where like, you know, I've lived in Toronto, I've lived in Hamilton. I feel like I have friends in lots of like in this, like these places is I immediately started thinking like, oh shit, I'm like, 
did you did this person get did you ask this person uh, to ask this yeah. person i started thinking because like i know what it's like to like be mm. to miss the invite like i know that feeling so i was like fuck I, you know you, you feel a bit guilty but Dan sort of like very geniusly, like, first of all, space was like limited at this place. It was hard. Like it was crazy because this is back in Feb and we were in another lockdown at the time. So booking was a, a, like, it was just, it was a shit show, but it was basically, it's like Hamilton people and then Toronto people. And then when you keep alluding to this thing on the ninth, this is why Danica is the greatest. She got me a hotel in Toronto on Saturday night on the ninth, my actual birthday. Cause she was like, you know, I felt bad that we couldn't get everybody into the campground, but you can go and do a thing on Saturday night, I think your brother, you know, he's thinking about something, whatever that is. And I was like, oh, she's like, but ultimately you can like sleep in on your birth or, you know, on the, the day after your birthday and be off. That's the duty. best gift of all. Not having to wake up. It with was, your it's a beautiful gift. That day. was when I really so, started crying. <laughs> yeah. That was when the tears started flowing. But, um, but anyway, so then I, I did reach out to like friends also like, like Unzi, but like, you know, out of, he's in LA. Have you seen him by the way? Are you, uh, that, uh, you we hung him? out every single night. We went to Atlantis Morissette last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how was it? Yeah. It was great. Oh, but, we're circling. Um, we're circling back to that. But if you have any yeah, more questions we'll get, about the weekend, well, no, I think you you hit on something that I think about all the time, and that <clears throat> the pandemic has taken away from us. Is you said the gift of surprise, and what I miss so much, especially when we we're like deep, deep lockdown, and what we're beginning to get back now is just this idea that like stuff happens in a surprising, delightful way when you can go out and meet new people or you know you go to an event something happens there's a story so much of our podcast in the before the pandemic was like hey i did a thing let's talk about it during the middle the 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 part of the the deepest lockdown of the pandemic it was like what did you do this week uh nothing what did you do nothing you know there was nothing to fucking talk about and it was so fucking brutal and the best part about friendship is recounting something um surprising that happened right so the fact that you could just tell me about that whole experience for the last 25 minutes is a gift to all of the listeners and a gift to us and it's because something out of the ordinary happened and i know so much of the pandemic has been like hey do you want to come over and have a couple beers at my place oh well yeah we can't go out anywhere afterward it's like there's nothing to fucking talk about there's nothing nothing happens um so I'm really happy that, you know, you, you got you got that because that's like the best feeling when something out of the ordinary happens to you. Would you say hearing about the event that happened on Mike's 40th and the surprise is better than actually even being there, Max? Because <laughs> that's the way it seems like you're trying to frame this. Here's the test, because people had such a good time. Everyone rebooked for the next year at the same date. Wow. So my question for you, Max, is... Is this enough notice to to let you and our Kells know <laughs> to maybe not book a show on that weekend? And w- can we expect you to be there? Okay, if, if we don't have a tour, oh, Ash just said you are booked. LOL. Can't tell you what city, but coming to a Canadian yeah. town near you, <laughs> they'll be somewhere. Uh, You'll be busking yeah. if not. Uh, no. <laughs> you know what? Dan Hamilton did give me a really good recap, uh, and he said it was amazing. And uh, and you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I do. I, I do want. I haven't seen the Hamilton guys as much as I wanted to, and that's something I need to get better at. Um, but also, uh, the Hamilton guys have come into Toronto a couple times, which has made me very, very happy. Um, so yeah, I, my, my hope and prediction for the next year will be like more, more stuff happens where we can get together. Cause, uh, yeah, it's just been, it's just been weird the last, like, you know, between, um, you know, concerns about kids going back to school and the vaccine and so there was a breakout here etc you know it's like it's just everything's just been kind of hard but uh that's not an excuse it, it's more of just a 
commitment to realizing that and, and doing better next year. But anyway, that's my uh, that's my statement on the on the issue. I'll, I'll be taking more, no more further questions, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this I, I just wanted about birthdays. Do we like you were talking about the ninety fifth birthday and Mike turned forty? Do we think that forty is the most important birthday of all? Mm. Oh, great question. Because you're still kind of like. I don't know. Maybe this is just from a guy that's going to be 40 in, in a few days, but like maybe you still feel like young enough where you can still party and it's not insane to party. But maybe I'll be saying that at 50. I don't know. I think that's why 40 might be such an important one because you're still youthful, let's say, right? But you like, you're kind of maybe in a spot in your life where you can like actually like, yeah, I don't know. I, like, there is a I distinction think- because it's like the 30s, your 30s are connected to your 20s, right? Which yes. Says, but your 40s are connected to your 50s, right? Like, you're, it feels like there mm, is... Didn't think you were going there. You're freaking yeah. me out. We're going. <laughs> no, 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 no. But no, but I think that's why it, it probably feels a little bigger, right? Why, why it feels mm. like it's more... Because, substan- like, the 50th birthday or 60th birthday, it's just like you're an old person at that point. Like, if you're 50 yes. or 60 or 70... And if you're 30 or 20, it's you're all, but like 40s, right? Kind of feels like in the middle. And the average life expectancy is like, uh, is 80. So like that's sort of like a midway point. Um, not to get too existential about this, Mike, or freak you out, but no, it, but, no, no, but no. To, oh, to Shane asks, is it, is it a big one? It might be the biggest one. In, do in you think life, it's the biggest one, Shane? I do, because when, when I was thinking about the 95th party that you attended, I was just, it's more like a, just like, you're still alive party. And it's the, the person being celebrated just has to sit there and blow out the candles and they can't truly have fun the way you can when you're 40. It's like the youngest old age you can possibly be. That's, that's mm-hmm. a great way to put it. Like for instance, like, and Shaney, you and I were like end of the night both nights, Friday and Saturday, like around the fire, like there's a few like, you know, late night warriors and we were two of them. And I think to your point, this, this weekend partying other than having to get up with kids didn't feel any different than we were like when we were at like club Kwama in Cuba a decade ago, all partying, you know, for that bachelor trip. Like, did it feel any different? No, it felt the exact same. And I think that might change. I could be wrong in a decade at 50, right? Like, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people still, you know, who knows? Maybe partying is eternal if, if you're young at heart. Well, let me tell you, there was a lot of 45, 50 year old people partying at Alanis Morissette last night. In, uh, <laughs> wow. In, at the Hollywood Bowl. Do you like that transition? How was, was your trip, That was Max. great. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that was good. Uh, I've been hanging out with your friends, actually. Uh, Mark Myers and Matt Unsworth. Because um, Mark is down here visiting his bro, who lives in Manhattan Beach. And Unzies is like my one LA friend. I and heard. We, uh, I was just talking to them, actually. They said you guys were having an awesome bros night. And then, unexpectedly, you just invited over two, two guests without telling anybody. And they said they were having fun time broing down, but it kind of changed the vibe. That's what I heard. <laughs> That's it. No, so we were hanging out at Barney's Beanery. Have you been there, um, Mike, in in LA with us? It's if, like it's like if a I classic. Have, I don't recall. It's a classic sports bar. I was talking to uh, Ryan, our producer, uh, who did a bunch of Blink once, and he's like, "Oh, I've watched so many like Boston Celtics games there. It's like just like a classic place. that has been around forever. It's probably been like in the backdrop of a lot of like LA based movies." Um, but yeah, we were hanging out with Mark and Matt and uh, Mark's buddy Roddy having a great time 
And my friend Lauren, who is um, – she's like a skating coach for the Buffalo Sabres. And she's from Burlington. But she does a lot of – and she's like an osteopath. But she does a lot of skate coaching for hockey players. She was in town because – with her girlfriend, who is actually married to an NHL dude who plays for the Philadelphia Flyers. They were in town, though, because Lauren's brother uh, is an MMA fighter. And was was going to be fighting in Vegas last night. And if you go to reels on UFC, uh, Michael Malot, 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 he just won his his first UFC fight. So so she was telling us all about what it takes to be a UFC fighter. But I will say, um, Anzi was thrown off. He'd just been eating chicken wings and blue cheese sauce, and we were kind of like <laughs> packed tightly in a booth. And he just stopped talking for like the last thirty minutes, and I didn't know why. <laughs> and then later, he's like, "I got it in my head." You know, it's like I just felt like I had like this like chicken wing breath on me the whole time. Um, but it was cool. It, but but to the, to the thing I was saying earlier, it was like. You know, I didn't give them the heads up because I didn't know if they were actually going to come. I was like, yeah, we're down the street. They were staying in West Hollywood. But you, you need to say drink, maybe somebody's going to show up. Yeah, but they, they did. I did it. And then these these two kind of attractive females walked in and they're like, what? And they're sitting out of the booth. So it's kind of fun. But um, it was also interesting <laughs> that the booth behind us, I overheard there's two guys sitting at the booth behind us. And like as soon as we sit down, I just hear, I thought I heard Christy Pitts. I was like, Christy Pitts? Okay. Uh, maybe I misheard that. Why, why is this guy saying Christy Pitts? And then a c- couple minutes later, he said New Brunswick. I was like, this guy, these guys must be Canadian. So I turned around. I was like, hey, did I just hear the words Christy Pitts in New Brunswick? And they're like, huh? And then the guy looks at me. He's like, I know you. And then he recognized me from Arkells. He's a Canadian guy. Turns out their buddy, one of their best friends, runs first class drones, which is Misha and David, who were the drone operators for our All Roads video. So then I'm saying like, holy shit, this is crazy. Mark Myers, this guy right here, he directed the video with Misha. And uh, we took a photo together and it's very nice. So uh, just these like little happenstance things have been been awesome. Then um, get this, last night we go to Alanis Morissette at the Hollywood Bowl. Hollywood Bowl is like the Molson Amphitheater of LA. It's been around since the 30s. It's like this beautiful venue uh, like kind of right underneath the the Hollywood sign. No, no, that's that's incorrect. But it's in Hollywood, and we got great seats. Our, our buddy Nasser, who just moved from Toronto to LA to work at Live Nation, he hooked us up. Um, I'm sitting with Unzi and Unzi's friend Shannon, and uh, Tim McAuliffe is there uh, with his wife Jess. So we sit in, and the the seats kind of closer are kind of in this like each one's like a box, like a six person box kind of, if that makes sense. Like they're kind of cornered off. And um, start talking to the three women that are probably like in their 40s and excited to take in a night of Alanis Morissette. Start talking to one of them. Turns out she's Canadian. And it turns and she's like a, an accountant for the show Narcos. So she's like, I work at Netflix. I'm like, I do the money for TV shows. But my husband works at Adidas. He moved from Adidas, Canada. Um, and we're like, oh, we're, 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 you know, we're Canadian. We're in Toronto. Did he live? She used to live at like, King and Sherman. We're talking about all these Toronto things. Turns out she was an accountant for Bell Media in the Much Music building at the same time Matt Unsworth was there when Matt was working at Much Music. So it's just like, I, that's my favorite thing, as you know, is just like, holy shit, like Matt, they, they talked about the commissary. That's all they talked about. Oh, that's a common experience for anyone that's ever been in that building. Yeah. Um, so it's really fun. Alanis was awesome. I forgot how big Alanis is. And I think sometimes it's easy if um 
if there's like a, an artist that like had them, you know, was big 20 years ago or something that like you go, oh yeah, that person's whatever. Okay. Yeah. Of course they're big. And, but it was like two nights sold out at the Hollywood bowl, people singing along to every single word. They, at the beginning of the show, they did a montage before she hit the stage on like the big screen behind her of all of her pop culture moments where she's like on Kirby enthusiasm. Like every big singer is imitating her voice on like Jimmy Fallon uh, David Bowie's introducing her at a thing. And I, was, I just kind of forgot, like, Alanis is like a real powerhouse. And she sounded awesome. She looked great. Like, it was it was a very, very cool show. Are you guys big Alanis fans? Love oh, Alanis. yeah. Since grade seven, when Jagged Little Pill came out for me. Every yeah. song on that album is a hit. I think it had seven number one signals on it. Yeah, I think that was the, I think this is the 20th anniversary tour. I think that's why she's doing it. Like, how was the rest of your night after Alanis? Uh, yeah, LA closes early. So we were going to get a drink somewhere and then we, uh, we, we kind of had to just go home. And I had to get up early for this and stuff because I'm three hours behind you. But, uh, I have been uh, talking to every Uber driver that I, that I, uh, that I meet here because I was just always fun and interesting to hear their stories. And the first guy who drove me, uh, to my hotel, uh, he was like, he was like, Hey, so, uh, you come from Canada. How's the vaccination going up there? I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to lie. It was a little slow at first. You know, Canadians were pretty pissed off about, you know, how long it was taking to get the vaccine, but we're pretty good now. And I was like pulling up my phone. I was like giving him statistics about like with the vaccination <laughs> rates for like, that was like very proud. And I was like, Oh, this is, you know, it's pretty good. We're, you know, this, you know, it's a little safe and sore yet kind of vibe, but we're, we're, we're being pretty cautious about it. And then he's just like, yeah, not for me, not for me. Fucking, uh, fucking Newson. He's fucking ma- making it mandatory. I'm going to take my fucking kids out of school. <laughs> so basically, wow. he, he, um, it's probably like late forties, three kids, kind of a gregarious guy, like kind of like the conversation remained pleasant. Um, and he was like, listen, I'm not saying if you want to get the vaccine, like you can get the vaccine, but just don't, you can't tell me what to do because I'm hearing stories. I'm hearing stories that my friend got the vaccine, couldn't get her period again. And that's, uh, that's not mm-hmm. a good thing. And, you know, I, and I was like, well, you know, you know, you hear the stories. And I was like, you know, I do appreciate how it's just a scary time. I was trying to be nice about it because I was like, you know, it's just a scary time and both options are kind of, really difficult, you know, to get this vaccine. I was trying to relate to him. I don't actually necessarily believe this at all, but I was like, you know, it's scary because it is a new thing and, and, you know, we don't know what the side effects could be in a couple of years, but then you look at the other option and everyone's dying and that seems pretty bad too. So for me, you know, we just trying to, you know, I'd, you know, I'd be so sad if for all the healthcare workers that are overwhelmed because everyone's dying in the hospitals and stuff like that seems pretty bad. And then he's like, yeah, but all the mercury, you know, the mercury that's uh that's a guy that's coating your organs. And that's what I'm hearing. I'm like, oh man. Anyway, it was a very interesting insight into uh that kind of person. Cause I don't know if there's I don't know many people that would be that sort of far uh to the right on the conspiracy charts uh for for the vaccine. But um so he's not getting it and he's gonna pull his, his kids out of school. But I said, but it was very nice. I was like, ah, you know, for me. I'm kind of an optimistic person. I, I usually trust people maybe too much, but sometimes that, you know, ends up, you know, making me a fool. But, you know, if, whether it's the construction worker, you know, or the person who's, you know, my dentist or, you know, the person who's, you know, building the scaffolding over there, eh, you know, they're doing stuff that I can't do. I don't know how to fucking do anything. 
So if they, if there's someone who's like been studying this stuff says that it's a good idea and that's kind of what I'm going to do. And, uh, we agreed to pick up the conversation in two years to see where we're at. And it was, but it was, it was a nice moment actually. It ended up being a very pleasant conversation despite how intense he was. Did you take down his number to do that or was that just more of like a? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have his Uber seems profile. Like something I you just say. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that seems kind of unless it's serious, it does seem kind of contentious or cocky to be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay, let, let's pick this up in two years and see where we're at." You know, it doesn't sound that friendly unless it's actually like, "Give me your number, let's talk about this in two years." Because otherwise, it does sound rude to end that way. No, no, it, no. We developed a really good rapport. Like I, you know, sort of validated. It was like you know, a twenty-five minute car ride. So we talked about it basically the whole time. And I did validate his feelings about, you know, being, you could just kind of tell he was scared and also didn't want to be told what to do, but also just like, I don't know what's in that fucking vaccine. I don't know what's in that vaccine. And of course, I didn't have a good, like, educated reason to, to say why he doesn't quite have it right. So I just was like, yeah, no, I totally get it. Like, it's, it's super scary and, you know, it just, everything sucks right now, but the alternative also kind of sucks right now. So that's what I'm going to do. And it, but it was nice at the end, like, we gave it to the little fist bump and, and then we went on our merry way does he so, know uh, that like the car he's driving could potentially be recalled and that it probably has been recalled a bunch in his life and anything could happen with that car and he doesn't even know how to operate that car that he's driving but he just trusts it's gonna work i know well that's i should have used that i'm because I, i'm trying to think about like good examples to say in that moment that's a good one like yeah you know the car we're in i don't know anything about the car we're in but we kind of trust it because a bunch of people who care about cars figure out how to make it safe like i need a lot of those examples depending on like the line of work that the person is in to be like oh the thing that you're doing i don't know how any of that stuff works you know what i mean um so uh yeah he was interesting talked to a guy from uganda uh last night talked to a uber driver who played college basketball in Texas for a minute. We talked about the vaccine a little bit with the players in the, in the NBA. Um, so anyway, it's been uh, it's been nice just to to meet new people. It was cool. Oh, but what was I was gonna say. So my friend Lauren, her brother, who is a UFC fighter, she was saying that you know these fighters have to cut weight for the weigh in. I guess is that how it works when it comes to like boxing and UFC? It depends on weight class. Yeah, like you want to weigh in uh, lower. And then maybe what gain it rate again before the yeah. fight. You want to be like, typically you have to lose maybe seven to 12 pounds and then you gain it all back to be in beast mode. That's right. Well, that's what she said. He said, she said her brother normally is like 180. That's his like normal weight. He's like cut too. Like she showed me pictures. The guy's like, has like an eight pack. Um, and he, he can cut down to 155. Yeah. That's wild. And she was saying that like these, these fighters like will be like, fainting at the weigh-in because they're like just so emaciated and then they you know eat a bunch of shit and get it back but apparently it's all water weight so you know if we ever got it look good for a photo shoot guys for the next mic on much uh photo shoot it's just the water oh weight. all those fitness magazines that's what they do to have these unrealistic abs they just you know do the same thing these fighters do to accentuate everything but it's not how they look I, I could when they're never walking do that. around. Could you guys uh, really like commit to like a week of like, I'm doing it. I'm going to like cut weight. Well, if we were, I if I was starring it. in a Marvel film or if they asked me to be on the cover of Men's Health for the next two months, <laughs> I would live very unrealistically because that mm. picture of me would live on forever. 
That's true. I wish I, was, I took that a little bit more seriously when it comes to all our Kells things. Well, before like, a be big show, you like, tend to go through a routine somewhat. Like you alter the degree. way well, you I always, live. I always tell myself I'm going to go really hard in this new routine. I'm like, all right, I got two months for our big tour, our big show. And then it's like the weeks pass. And then it's like, all right, I have three days to the big show. It's time to get serious. <laughs> that, that, well, you always look good. It works. Oh, thanks, buddy. Um, but anyway, um, I know we... We we should get to some topics because I got to wrap yeah. this up in like nine minutes. <laughs> this is the most max episode ever. <laughs> oh, man. oh my god! Yeah, we went deep on like like random friends who have a- MMA fighters and they cut weight, and then we were we were all over the place. But let's get to a topic before we do Shane's surprise. Oh, uh, we're still gonna have time for Shane's surprise. Max probably said he not. Has to get out of here. Okay, we won't. We'll we'll save it. We will save it. But continue. I want to talk about a topic. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> All right. It's up to I Max. was just going to. This is Max's world. I'm just living in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, well, let's do. I mean, I figured we could hit this Bachelor story since you guys are Bachelor fans. Um, oh, this is uh, good. Yeah. Hey, Max, did you read that article I read you about the uh, uh, who was the bad art friend? No, you know what? I uh, went to Alanis, so I didn't have time to read it yet, but I will. That's on my, my reading list. You just assuming I haven't read it? Shani, did you read it? I didn't I did. know because we weren't going to talk about it today. I did read it. You did? Did you yeah. actually? Well, here's the thing. That actually doesn't surprise me because I figured if you get if you get in the first paragraph, it's good. Like you're now into the players and the characters and the story. And I'm very interested to know your thoughts on this. So we should definitely save this for next, next week. Next week. week. I'll, I'll read it. That'll be great. Yeah, it's one of those articles which I like about it is the structure of it changes your mind as it goes. So the the villain yes. changes, and that's kind of interesting. Absolutely. I mean, if you guys, if listeners want to read it before we talk about it next week, it's this article that's kind of blowing up Twitter. It's a New York Times piece called "Who Is the Bad Art Friend," and it is about uh, some writers, a community of writers, uh, and one of them donates a kidney, um, and then it sort of it goes from there. That's the tease. L- read it if you like. We'll talk about it next week. Um, but this week, we're going to wrap, potentially, unless we get time for a Shane surprise, depending on Max, who looks like he's getting a little antsy over there, uh, <laughs> on uh, a bachelor, a former bachelor. Uh, you guys are, are familiar with Nick Vale. Is that how you say his Vile. name? Vile. Vile. Okay. Nick Vile's girlfriend accused of plagiarizing birthday tribute on Instagram. Uh, so Nick Vile's girlfriend was called out for plagiarizing a birthday tribute. She copied posts by Claudia uh, Suliski. I don't know how to say her last name, but she's the... Uh, the girlfriend of pop star uh, Phineas, who is the brother of Billie Eilish, obviously. Uh, I'm sure you guys read this 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 piece that Max sent. Um, yeah, what were your thoughts? I'll throw it to you guys. First of all, t- give me a little bit about Nick uh, Vile. Uh, Shane, take it away. So I actually talked to Nick one night for about an hour. And uh, he, he's an interesting character because much like that New York. Where? On the uh, This Family Tree podcast. Oh, okay. You made it sound like you just talked to him like at a bar. For an <laughs> hour. It was very casual. Like he was just, he was going through a move. He was in no mood to do the podcast, but he agreed to it. So <laughs> it was an interesting version of Nick. And, uh, but Nick went through a similar thing that that New Yorker article was where he started out as a villain and then he went on Bachelor in Paradise and became kind of lovable and insightful. And then was so popular based off Bachelor in Paradise, which is a spinoff of the regular Bachelor show. And then he became the Bachelor himself. 
And that's what mm. really made him famous. And then he started a podcast, which became one of the most popular podcasts in Bachelor Nation. And what his superpower is, is giving advice on relationships. So his parents you say have superpower. Been, yeah. So what he will do on his Instagram is he'll just have people submit relationship questions and just he instantly can come up with the perfect answer how to solve their problem. Is he good actually at it? Like, is it useful? Really good. And he's huh. really smart at that. He briefly dated um, January Jones, January Jones. So he was one of the first people in Bachelor Nation to actually break through into that real celebrity mm-hmm. world. And then Tyler Cameron did. Then Tyler Cameron. Tyler Cameron. Yeah, we talk about that, how he was the first and then he paved the way for someone like Tyler Cameron. He's like a pioneer. Yeah. Well, it used to be a stigma. Well, (laughs) reality stars were so stigmatized. I I don't think someone like Gigi Hadid would want to date a reality star before that. (laughs) But she's willing to date somebody who, that being said, Zayn is a reality star. He got his start on a boy band show, like on, on a singing show. But he became more known for his voice and his talent, whereas reality stars, sometimes they're looked at as talentless personalities. Entities. Right. I will say one of the things that one of the remarkable things that has happened with fame and the way that we accept fame and the way that people try to sort of acquire power or put themselves out there or whatever that is, is just like you said, this sort of breaking down the partitions between film actors, television actors uh, uh, reality television personalities, uh, Kim Kardashian marrying Kanye West, you know, things like things that seem sort of like, uh, there was a different class. Those things seem to go away. And now I think there used to be such a sort of like, um, I don't know if it's a stigma or a lack of respect for like, eh, maybe influencers. I, I don't know how people perceive them, but it would seem that people seem to respect the hustle more these days, especially other people in entertainment. Um, um, do you guys think that there's actually like sort of a falling down of those walls or do you think there still is largely a divide between somebody who appears on the bachelor and someone who's in like a, a hit HBO show? Well, if it's a hit HBO show, I think there is a hierarchy and that person would be on top. But what I think people are noticing is that, for instance, Mad Men being seven years removed or whatever from being popular, that fame level isn't as high as when The Bachelor is on air. And it's a favorite show of many celebrities, too. It's Howard Stern's favorite show. And Wells Adams, he's dating a legitimate actress, too. Married, right? He was supposed to get married, but it actually got postponed because of COVID. So there's an interesting sort of like um, a way that someone can become known to the public. So I was aware of her from Modern Family because I watched it for a couple seasons. Our buddy Randall was like, best show. So I watched it. Funny show. Writing was super quick. Uh, So then I was aware of her. And then I saw she was with that dude. And I didn't know. I just thought he was a radio personality. And I think you were the one that told me he was a former Bachelor. He is. He's actually been hired by The Bachelor to be the bartender for Bachelor in Paradise. So he's got a whole career from being appearing on The Bachelor. And he, he was saying when he first met Sarah Hyland, it was at a Golden Globes party. And Sarah had always liked him from The Bachelor because that's one of her favorite shows. But everyone was coming up to him like he was famous because for people who are famous, their guilty pleasure is the bachelor ah yeah so it was so odd to have all these respected people coming up to him because he's like holy shit you're famous and in their eyes he's really famous Mm -hmm. i do think about this general idea a lot where it's just like yeah like related to tiktok and social media stars where it's just like you know they that is where that is like the star system now for you know 17 year old 
fans, right? So it's it's not necessarily a network television show where they're the star of that. It's like, oh no, actually, like they just have a massive TikTok account, and then they of course parlay that into probably a television show or other media opportunities. But the things I think like five, eight years ago, the idea of like a, an Instagram star, you'd sort of roll your eyes at. But now there are, I think, celebrities from TikTok that feel more legitimate. Give me an, an example of a celebrity on TikTok. I can't think uh, of any. I couldn't even tell you. Me either. I can't tell you either. That seems yeah. like, that. that's why I'm thinking there is a hierarchy in TikTok. You could be have 48 million followers on TikTok and you're still not as famous as someone from Bachelor or Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, I I think it's trending in that direction. I just wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised if like there are people like um, I'll have to come back to you with a. I think I think TikTok and Instagram are the viewed at the way reality shows used to be viewed at. Sure. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So I'll bring this right back around to the the the, the origins of the oh, story. Oh yeah, yeah. What are we talking Nick's about? new lady. <laughs> Max I guess has they to go, had... Mike. Hurry it up. <laughs> no, no, no. My my breakfast is a little later, oh, so okay. I have more time. That's good. Yeah. Oh, all right, okay, all right. Uh, Nick's uh, this uh, Nick his 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 girlfriend, I guess, posted a, a birthday message to him that was basically sort of celebrating him and saying how lovely he is. The only problem is, uh, I guess, she stole it almost verbatim. She changed a few things. I read them both uh, off of exactly what Phineas's oh girlfriend. Uh, had this said. is so much like the New Yorker article. I I well yeah, kind it really mm-hmm. is kind of actually which is wild um but if you read them side by side you can see the parts where she kind of changed it a bit but then there's parts that are exactly the same lines and she even kept the same typo in the word fairy tale so like she actually (laughs) probably cut and pasted it into her notes changed it where she needed to change it and then put it onto instagram and then i guess phineas's girlfriend uh I guess screen grabbed it or something and then added Phineas and it was like, they won't know. Well, like they made fun of her for doing it. So then it got all the way to the point where like the two people that they sort of ripped it from are openly making fun of them on social media. Uh, Maxie, what what about this story uh, intrigued you? Why did you want to talk about it? Did you just find it like sort of fluffy entertainment? Uh, What were you thinking? Yeah, well, I just like, I wonder, like policing plagiarism on the internet is such a weird thing right now. Like, you know, growing up, like going to school, you're writing essays, like you know you can't you can't steal somebody else's idea if you do you got to cite it you know but now on the internet people just like you know share each other's photos share each other's content people like you know i'm sure on tiktok there's probably a whole industry of of a good idea that like of a tiktok that does well and someone goes oh i'm going to basically do a riff on the exact same idea but act as if it's mine you just don't have to source anything really on on the internet and 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 cuz most of the time you're not going to be called out on it um, unless it's like you're stealing from a journalist and journalists would get very protective about that, understandably. So this was just interesting that, yeah, th- this was a moment where somebody actually got kind of called out on it. Like, yeah, what, what do you think uh, is is the idea of plagiarism on the internet like even a thing? Does it fucking matter? Like who gives a shit? Like what are the things that are worth being called out? I know this is just like a funny story, but. Um, well, I think, he- I think, I think it's, I think it's lame, but ultimately it's just going to be a funny thing. But like, let's say you're Nick or the girl that stole it. Like when you think about birthday messages in general, some people have trouble finding the right words to say. We, that's why we buy Hallmark cards. That's why we go and buy something that a professional writer put in a card. 
This girl saw something that she thought was great. She fucking pinned it and was like, oh, got to keep that in the old uh, memory bank and then, you know, reuse it for Nick because maybe she articulated exactly what I wanted to say about my guy. She said that about her guy. Where it's like lame, I think, and this is where we get in the plagiarism thing, like whatever, nobody's making money off a post. I don't think. Again, it's Instagram. Who knows? But it's like, I just think it's lame that you pass it off on your own. Like, it's like, I'd be so embarrassed if my partner was like, you you presented these authentic words like from your heart and you're this person that I love, but it's like wait a second this is this is you wrote some these are somebody else's words I think that's kind of actually that's more lame that you would feel the need to do that instead of just being your authentic self unless your authentic self is really just an amalgamation of other things and people anyway and then now I'm all spun out I don't want to be with you if I'm Nick but you know who knows <laughs> Cheney what are your thoughts I could see you crafting this nice post to Danica for an anniversary <laughs> or whatever. And I, sometimes I have these thoughts, what if I just took what Mike wrote and put it in a card or something? Yeah. But then I, I wouldn't have respect for myself. And what if she found out and how hurt Alex would be knowing I've, I've plucked your words. And I do hate birthday messages. I do hate all those public outpourings of affection on Instagram because I find them so difficult to write. And especially when it comes to Alex, because she since she's... English is her specialty. Anytime I'm crafting an email or message, I need her to proofread it for me just to make sure the grammar and everything's <laughs> right. And without that too, I lose a lot of confidence also. So it's, it's kind of a double whammy. So I do understand where this woman's come, coming from, but it is so... It's lazy. It's just... The funny part is just how lazy it is. It's like, it's. I think we often are inspired by other people's prose and or like a, a, a way of articulating something. It's just like, you know, it's like I love, you know, the way like Barack Obama says something that's like inspiring to a group of people about why it's good to think, consider your community. And I probably if I'm like typing something on an Arkell's Instagram post or something that like there are references in my mind about like, OK, embody the voice of somebody that you think does the thing you're trying to do really well. But the thing which is funny, Mike, to your point, like how she just pinned it. She literally just, like, copy and pasted it. It's just like I get like if the sentiment is, is like, you know, you turn my smile upside down or you make you are my world or you are my everything. It's like that's OK. That, that That's good to be inspired by the, by a particular kind of tone. But the fact that she just didn't even bother <laughs> to really add anything else, that's where it becomes like very lazy and, and somewhat egregious. How did she misspell fairy tale or what was the typo in fairy tale, which kind of busted her? So when I started reading this, like, so first of all, Claudia, who is Phineas's girlfriend, she opens with that face to exclamation parts. My favorite thing in the world is the other girl, Nick, uh, uh, Nick's girlfriend opens with this man and five exclamation points. Okay. She changed that. Uh, and then her first couple lines are different. So I'm going, okay. But then when we get to the back end where we sort of like, she describes all Phineas's um, sort of qualities, uh, your sense of humor, honesty, generosity, talent, creativity, drive, heart, and vibrancy just blows my mind. Uh, Nick's girlfriend says, uh, your sense of humor, honesty, generosity, talent, creativity, drive, heart, and passion just blows my mind. So now we're getting to the part where she just, she started by trying to change it and then she got lazy. Maybe she had to get to a lunch or something or a breakfast <laughs> like Maxie. So she literally just leaves the second half the exact same. Where she gets busted, if like say you follow both these people and someone obviously figured this out and tipped off uh, Claudia and Phineas, uh, is this last line is so um, unique where she says, just blows my mind. You tear every fairy tale to shreds. Happy birthday. I love you like nothing else. So that line alone, you tear every fairy tale to shreds. That's a unique line. That'd be like the sort of like a mm -hmm. sticky line that like a creative director like Randall would use a line like that. And it's like, you go, oh, that's a very distinct line. So if you see that in somebody else's writing, 
Um, and then we go back to Nick's girlfriend, uh, blows my mind, cherishing your existence forever. So she added something. You tear every single fairy tale to shreds. Happy birthday, baby. I love you like nothing else. So she also used the I love you like nothing else. Uh, and fairy tale, F-A-R-I-Y-T-A-L-E. Is that not how you spell fairy tale? You spell, is tail supposed to be like a dog wagging tail? Because that seems wrong. F, that's not no, right. No, 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 no. The R, the R came before the I. Oh. You know what I'm saying? She yeah. flipped the I and the R. F-A-I-R-Y is fairy. They spelt it F. A R I. They flipped the two letters. Yeah, that's an obvious copy and paste job. Then the fact that she's willing <laughs> to take a risk like that too—that I don't know if that's oh, flattering or not, but I, I think her heart was in the right place. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So let's let's wrap this subject on asking: If you're Nick, Maxie, what do you think of this girlfriend that you like love? Like, like, are, are you like, are you a little like put off, or are you like, ah, I love her anyway? That's just her. She's silly. What do you think? What are your thoughts if this is your uh, girlfriend? Okay, if you think that your girlfriend, if this person is already sort of like an airhead, not particularly like intellectual or gives a shit about like smart people stuff and it's just like kind of just like a good hang, beautiful, doesn't give you shit and she does that, you're like, I don't give a fuck because I know exactly that's what she would do. All she does is like spend time on like – you know that kind of instagram account and she just like is like doing the live laugh love thing but to a bigger degree you know but if she had positioned herself as like different as a different kind of hot girl and very smart and like really like i read books all the time and i'm you know talking about politics or something like that and then she did that that's where i'd be like am i marrying like a liar like is is everything a fucking lie (laughs) that'd be very concerning if if she had presented herself in a different kind of way, and then it's like, if she's willing to lie about this, what else is she doing? So I don't know, but it could it could be scary if 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 she's presented herself in a different way. Yeah, for me, Alex is this person exactly. I was getting, I think, a birthday card for my stepmom, and I, I looked at this Hallmark card, and I was thinking, this is perfect. And I showed it to Alex. I go, this is like describes her exactly. She goes, take a picture of it. We'll get a blank card and we'll write in the Hallmark card. <laughs> I'm like, no, like I can't do that. I, I can't. But I and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, she's written some pretty good stuff in cards over the years. And I guarantee you she's done it. And if I caught her doing it, I just know Alex so well. And she doesn't mean anything mean by it. I would just give her a pass because uh-huh. she's just such a goofball. You you, you know what I want to do? I want to plagiarize one of your cards to Alex, or maybe other people can plagiarize, maybe pod listeners, if you're looking to write something nice to your partner, Shane has some ideas that aren't published We've read on one the internet, on air. but you read one on the internet, and I think it's like, yeah, well, well, it was so funny. Sexual comedy is the way to go, and it's so what Alex <laughs> loves, and it's something That's I'm very good at. I've tried to write the heartfelt things. It just lands flat. <laughs> I'm really good at sexual comedy, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I assume uh, someone's gonna be knocking uh, with your food at the hotel, or you got to be at a restaurant. Maxie? No, you, you got to do. No, no. I want to. I want to keep going. I want to. I want to do Shane surprise. What's the other subject? We had another funny one. I think we can keep going if people are in the mood. We did the face. We had we had Facebook outage. It was down for like twenty four hours. Oh Facebook yeah. Okay. I want to talk about that real quick, um, and then we can get to Shane surprise. Um, were you guys stressed out about the Facebook outage? Uh, in Instagram, did that like fuck you up and on on any level? Did did it? tell you anything about yourself that you're like oh i'm too addicted to this stuff here's what i would 
See, that's but it's, that question though is different for everybody. I feel like Maxie and Shaney, you do a lot of business on Instagram mm-hmm. uh, with your respective businesses, and I think that like as a platform, sort of forward facing guys. I think it's more important to you on that level. I look at Instagram a few times a day and, you know, scroll a couple photos and then keep it moving. So for me, you know, when Instagram and I don't know anyone that looks at really Facebook anymore, but like when those go down, I I feel like a sense of like freedom where I literally, I I actually stop opening the app instinctively Mm. because my brain, it's gone. And then I literally will just spend the day doing other shit, which is, I, you know, you have that thing where you're like, it feels like freedom. Um, but I did get a tinge of like, because there was some speculation because like, oh, Facebook employees can't even get back into their uh, like their offices in Silicon Valley, wherever the fuck they got their servers. They like their cards don't work. I'm like, okay, so it's like, is Facebook done? Is this a hack? Sort of in the, when we were figuring it out and everyone was kind of on Twitter, which as you guys know, I spent a lot of time on Twitter. But uh, I got nervous about my photos and stories where I was like, fuck, that's supposed to be the archive of my kid. I'm oh. like, Instagram can't go down. I'm like, that's, that's my cloud. I'm like, fuck. Mm. I'm like, that's the curation of the, like the last five years of my life. Like the Raptors winning the championship. How will I relive that journey? I'm not going to go through my fucking camera roll. That was the moment <laughs> I had. And then, and then I, uh, and then I let it go and I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll sort it out. I've lost many important things in the past. This is just would be another one where I could figure it out. Uh, Shaney, what were your thoughts? I, it just made me become so aware of how often I check my phone and go to Instagram. Because beforehand, I would have thought maybe I check five times a day, maybe I check ten. Apparently, I'm checking every two and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so I was thinking, wow, I, I've got a real problem here with this app. Facebook, I don't care about, but apparently, Instagram is my favorite app. I realized, and I. I oh, interesting. You know, yeah, well, yeah, what, um, Mike, I feel like for you, Twitter would be the one that would bum you out the most because you are a fiend for NBA Twitter. Uh, I, I just, I just think Twitter in general, like I've spent the last half decade curating, like the, for me, the perfect news source, whether it's like NBA or the politics that I might be interested in or, you know, whatever sort of like reading I want to do. That's, that's the one when Shane describes it, that's the one that I would say if it went down, I would notice every time I opened it, it would be like tweets not uploading. And that's when you start to become aware that you're, you're opening it a lot when you're seeing that the tweets won't upload. But yeah, so I, I, I relate to what Shane just said, but with Twitter, I think more so. Maxie, where did you land on the whole uh, Insta being down? Yeah, similar to Shane, I didn't realize how often I was like looking at it. It was also kind of stressful though because we just announced a tour like two hours before. Yeah, and, I was like, thinking about you. And the and the tour announced week is like a very very important week like for the business. Like you want as many people to know because inevitably it's like you know you post the tour dates and then someone in the comments goes like, but why aren't you coming to Vancouver? And then you're like. It, it says Vancouver on the tour. Like it literally says it on the post that you're talking about. How do you, and so like, I just don't trust people to know what the fuck is going on ever. So, and you know, we want to be able to like let as many people know of the show. So, so that was a little stressful, but we were happy that we got it out like, in like a two hour window. Um, but then when it finally started to work again, all the comments were gone. So we had like, you know, a thousand comments and then they went down to zero basically. And that was kind of stressful. Uh, but this, yeah, with the question of what would stress me out the most, I feel like, yeah, Instagram or Twitter, because um, those are the two things I, I probably look at the most. And and it, I didn't like that about myself. I, I was like, I need to start to develop new new habits because it's so easy just to like look down your phone, refresh the thing, see what's what someone's posted. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know if that's great for your brain to constantly be looking for that that dopamine hit. Um 
but yeah, I know Ash was stressed as fuck because uh, Ash Ash is a is like a computer processor, and she needs to process like you know nineteen different pieces of inter like content like every minute, and and like and so I think she probably had a difficult time uh, because you know that's like she's like a computer system. Um, but anyway, okay, we we can get to Shane's surprise. Let's uh let let's do that. Cool. My surprise, Mike. <laughs> Are you surprised we're doing it? Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to see if you were going to do the Jerry Maguire. But <laughs> oh, uh. <laughs> yeah, in honor of your fortieth. Well, now, well, actually, I am now scared of being surprised. Like when, like honestly, now I'm kind of like a part of me was like, oh fuck, is he going to bring somebody on here? Like this as a part of my birthday surprise like mm. i'm like i'm waiting for like when we went to the the dinner on saturday at the glamping i was like what's gonna happen now like is like is jane arden gonna come out because we were talking about jane arden <laughs> and, and then the you're disappointed throwing. when I'm nothing like, happens now you I both was, well when jane arden didn't show up i was yeah. very <laughs> anyway go on yeah no person is coming today and i would be i wouldn't be as accepting as canceling the shane surprise if someone was but yeah my topic is also internet related so you guys had posted this New Yorker article in our podcast group chat. And the idea is we read these articles and then we potentially talk about them on the podcast. And this article was titled On the Internet, We're Always Famous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey. So I think, right. I think we all read that one. Yeah. And when I read something, I feel like I've accomplished something so great anytime I read any article, especially if it's the New Yorker. I know you guys have that on such a pedestal. And then... You guys read so much, it's just you can frivolously like throw it away. You're like, eh, let's not talk about this. Even though I spent, <laughs> you know, four hours reading an article that should have taken 20 minutes. <laughs> so I'm like, no, we are talking about it. This one I was actually going <laughs> to let slide. I honestly was. But then after this weekend and I've been talking to Mike, I've been getting a lot of comments recently about why I post things on the Internet. Uh, a few weeks ago, Mike was saying, Oh, at the beginning of quarantine, there was a discussion about what Shane's doing on the internet and why I'm posting the things I am. And then Greg... We, we have specifically with this family tree. Yeah, this family tree, it's an Instagram account. It's a TikTok account. It's a parenting blog thing that I do with my wife, Alex. And I was like, huh, like I kind of suspected that would happen. And then Greg Veerman, your brother, messaged me <laughs> and he was saying things along the lines of, oh, I used to think people posting for business was a little icky, but now I get it. And all of a sudden he was embracing my side hustle, but it seemed like there was a point where he maybe didn't. And then one of the our, our friend's wives took Alex out for a drink and somehow it came up that people in our friend group used to make fun of this family tree, but now she wanted to get into the social media game. And I was like, holy shit. And then at Mike's 40th birthday party, we're around the fire, and our friend Peek and I were kind of tipsy talking about Norm MacDonald and how he was so uncompromising. And then somehow Peek was asking me what it's like to be doing this family tree when it's kind of like <laughs> I'm compromising my comedic integrity by doing that. And I was thinking, hmm, wow, is that is that like people... I guess they don't know me, but my whole life, I've been very uncompromising in how I'm willing to do whatever I want, even if that thing that I'm doing makes me look uncool. And after reading this New Yorker article, I was just thinking, wait, everyone's doing the same shit. It's all for attention. At least mine's for a business, which in my mind, I thought would make it more excusable or less embarrassing. Anyway, I'm going to read a portion of the article right now, which I think summarizes the entire thing pretty well. 
It says, I've come to believe that in the internet age, the psychologically destabilizing experience of fame is coming for everyone. Everyone is losing their minds online because of the combination of mass fame and mass surveillance increasingly channels on our most basic impulses toward loving and being loved, caring for and being cared for, getting the people we know to laugh at our jokes into the projection of impressing strangers, a project that cannot, by definition, satiate our desires, but feels close enough to real human connection that we cannot but pursue in ever more compulsive ways. So I have that exact same. I'm holding up my phone. I have that exact same quote copied and pasted yeah. for our discussion last week that never took place. It absolutely still. Go on with your thoughts. Sorry, carry on. Now, originally I wanted to get into the psychology of why we all post, mm. but I know Max is looking at his watch. He has to go. So I'll get to the question that's really on my mind. Would someone who's also in a business and only posts online for their business, would they be hypocritical and make fun of someone who also only posts about their business. So Max, and be honest, were you or were you not one of the people making fun of me behind my back about this <laughs> I'm serious. Were you at all? That's a good way. That That's a good cut point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I guess it is. <laughs> all right, we'll get out on that. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, uh, yeah, thank you to Danica for throwing an amazing 40th birthday. Thanks to everyone who came and even those who couldn't. Uh, I love you all. Um, yeah, thanks so much. That's it. That's all. That's our episode.